Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you. This is Oilers Now from the humble Stoffer abode, the city's south side. Uh, hope you're doing as well as you can be. Oilers Now again brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. All right, every Friday in Oilers Now, we are graced by the presence of uh, one of the guys in Ontario out of uh, the, the terrific city of Toronto that uh, rarely, in fact, I don't think I've ever really seen him show any ego at any point. It's part of what makes him a terrific guy to deal with. And we're lucky to have him on our show, courtesy of our friends at the River Cree Resort Casino. We welcome back to the show, Elliot Friedman. Elliot, how are you? Elliot, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. How are you doing? Yeah, by the way, I, I can hear you now. That's a, that was a great introduction, very nice, but I just wanted to tell you, I keep the ego hidden. Oh, do you? Yes. <laughs> Even in these times, eh? Especially in these times, man. This is not time for ego. This is the time to uh, keep your stubbornness away and don't be yes. an idiot. Like one of my one of my camera guys I used to work with, uh, his name's Paul. He said that his dad would only give him one piece of advice, and that advice was, "Paul, don't be a putz." And in this particular times, that is great advice for all of us. Uh, absolutely, because uh, you know, I, I think you know Bryn Griffiths. You would remember him, uh, of course. From, yes. Yeah. Uh, work, mm-hmm. Yeah. Bryn, Bryn's. Uh, Bryn went in the hospital today to get a little bit of exploratory surgery done for oh, okay. a, a stomach challenge that he's been dealing with for a while. And he would often talk, and I've mentioned this phrase so much that my kids who are downstairs in the basement listening to the show right now are tired of it, but that we work in the toy department of life. Mm-hmm. And I can hear them, no, don't say it again. But it, it really is true. And as I sit there every night and flip between CBC and uh, CNN and, and 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 no, not often on Fox, but between CBC and CNN and watch, you know, the various different perspectives and oh man, it's uh, you know because hey, you and me both went to school, 
Uh, we have an appreciation for for education. We have an appreciation for people that were actually disciplined enough academically uh, mm -hmm. to have become become doctors, Elliot. I mean, I was in school long enough to have been a doctor, but I had a problem with that third year of arts. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it, it is all about perspective in this time. Yeah, yes, it is. Absolutely. Um, you know, you know, knock on wood, like we're healthy. People we know are healthy. Um, that's all you can really hope for. And, you know, the other thing you got to be is just be unselfish. You know, we're, we're staying indoors. We're going out periodically to get groceries, maybe do some takeout. Uh, I've been trying to order food from, you know, restaurants or, or supply, uh, for a couple nights a week just to, you know, help support them. You know, trying to do the what I can do to keep these businesses going. Um, this is not the time to be to be selfish, and uh, that's exactly what it is. And that's all we can really try to do. Those of us who are healthy, we're fortunate, we're lucky, and we got to take care of everybody else. All right, so let's get to the uh, the business of hockey, Elliot. Okay. Because uh, right now the business of hockey is, you know, it's on hold. Yep. I know that they're making. They're, they're, they've, I know you were just participating in the. Uh, Pacific Division captains round, so they're making a little bit of some of the key players available. What would the rationale be from the league's perspective in doing that? Well, I, I think the one thing you want to do is, um, you know, like I, I wrote a blog this week, Bob, and you know, I just tried to ask a bunch of players around the league to, you know, just tell me a little bit about their season, and the response was was really good in the sense that. People just wanted something to read or to listen to or to watch. And I think in this time, I mean, we're all talking about these shows like Tiger King or what's the show that you're catching up on? Logan Couture just said he's caught up on Curb Your Enthusiasm and The Wire. There's a limit to all of this you can do. Like, to be honest, I'm getting tired of TV already. And you just have to give people a chance to read or see something that's a little bit different, a little bit interesting, that makes them laugh. And I think also um, it's good for the sport and the players just to get out there a little bit. And these, you know, we're tweeting out and there'll be some stories written. And uh, I think some of the videos are available online, if not all of them available online. Um, it just gives people a chance to to just see their, fa their favorite players and Hey, what does their home look like a little bit on the inside? Ryan Getzlaff just showed a chicken coop he's building. Uh, this one in particular, if you get a chance to see it with Fleury, Getzlaff, Kopitar, and Logan Couture, is is really good. Like uh, these guys are really showing their personalities in this one. They're pretty funny, and I, I think it just gives people a chance to see something that they're not expecting and be entertained a little bit, laugh a little at some of the answers. I mean, we need this. We all know we're in the middle of a serious situation, but that doesn't mean we all don't need a little bit of a good laugh or a little bit of a distraction once in a while. It also reinforces to me, Ellie, just the, the four guys you mentioned. Those guys are all experienced NHL players. And, yep. you know, I, I interview a lot of guys, right? So, you know, we, we tend to, between Jack, myself, and Reed Wilkins on a morning skate game day at home, at least, you know, two different later players. And generally speaking the older players tend to be the better interviews because they're more open and they're less worried about, they just kind of let her go. And then once they get done playing and they're retired, 
than often their fantastic guests on radio shows because they just let her rip. And I, I, I think when something like this happens, guys that have got the experience of a cat's laugh or the experience of flurry, those guys are, you know, 2000, what, 2003 draft choices, number one and number yep. 19 overall that year. They're, they're just going to let her go, man. Well, Getzlaff certainly is doing that. Like, he's always, he always looks mad at the rink, right? He's always scowling and angry. Um, and it kind of fits with his, uh, with his personality. But he's really having a good time on this one. And you're right. I think, but I think that's life, Bob. You know, we experience teaches us how to handle things. What's a big deal? What really isn't? Um, you know, I think the other thing that helps those guys is those four guys uh, are in places with pretty good weather. Um, that really helps too. Like not like us in Canada, where it's a little cooler and it's, it's tougher to get out for a long walk or to be outside. You know, Getzlaff's talking about his kids driving the golf cart around, or um, he's, he's they're big into baseball right now and he's hitting baseballs to them. Uh, I, I wish we had a little bit better weather, better weather here, but that certainly helps. And uh, but you're right, they're experienced guys; they know how to handle themselves. How much do you think Florida Panthers have gotten in uh, equalization payments or uh, revenue sharing over the last several years? Because for those listeners that don't know, Vinny Viola, who I've actually had a drink with before, quite a charming, really nice, bright guy. Has did he pay or Florida did you pay? Uh, neither of us did. Oh, okay. Well, I knew you didn't pay. <laughs> where, is, where is this perception that I'm that cheap comes from? I, I don't know. It's not I don't know. I don't know, but I hear it in a few places, Bob. I hear it. I'm telling you, that's. I worked in the restaurant business for years. I've been a minimum 20% tipper my entire life, which is why that's I good. have no cash. That's good, man. Uh, all right, like so that. back to Vinny. So Vinny's down there in Florida. As you saw today, they announced they're paying their employees through the balance of this. Yep. And they have. it's fair to say they have received significant revenue sharing over the course. Of, that's a fair comment to make. Is that yeah, right, Elliot? Yeah, but I, like, what's one thing got to do with the other, really? Let me let me just go down a different path. Only you can turn this into revenue sharing. Bob. I'm not. I'm just saying in terms of. So you does know, that mean it's down... okay that Jeremy Jacobs is is laying everybody off because he's had to make revenue sharing payments? I I, I don't know. It's just it's does it does it? I, I mean, I think for most people out there, they want to see companies and businesses support their employees. That's the point yeah. I'm making. And you look yeah. at Montreal and Boston, who are two big revenue contributors the last several years, and they've made what many would consider to be a harder, more difficult decision. Look, like, and I don't know, know if it's I, the I, right decision. I think the other thing, too, is if you look at the Panthers, last week, Sergei Bobrovsky announced that he was donating $100,000 towards paying part time workers' salaries. Okay? Yep. And then the team announced that they were going to match it. Okay. So the rest of the players announced they were going to match that. And Vinny Viola and the ownership said, anything on top of that, we'll take care of it. And, you know, some people said to me, well, that's not a lot. And I said, you don't know that. Because if this goes on for a while, and last week, I don't know if people were as pessimistic as they are now. Um, you know, like, if it goes on for a while, that could still be a big number. And, yes, now he comes out and he says we're going to do it we're going to take care of our workers and it's great but like bob like like the thing is like i don't like that that equalization that that revenue sharing thing because you're almost giving jeremy jacobs uh an excuse for not doing it and i i don't think I'm there's not an given, excuse. I'm, 
that's not. But you I'm are because that you were you allow me to say the opposite, which I don't think is true. Like I think the thing with Jeremy Jacobs is not only that he's worth a lot of money, but just the way it was done. Like there was a guy on Twitter who's who's a Bruins employee who said that they got an email to say be on this conference call at one o'clock, and then a recorded voice came on telling them, "Okay, you're being let go for now." And yeah. they don't, I think it's it's one thing not to pay, but it's another thing to treat your employees in that manner. And, um, like, I think everybody understands that this is going to be a challenge for a lot of people. Nobody and is going to get away unscathed. But there is a yeah. certain way that you have to treat people. And both things about that were unacceptable. Well, and I brought up, Mon I brought up Montreal because of the challenges. And here's where I was going with this. I, I am concerned about the long-term uh, economics of the league, Elliot. Of and course. Quebec, in, uh, Quebec has the highest, uh, they're the highest tax juris jurisdiction in the National Hockey League, okay? Mm -hmm. And Montreal made a hard decision, the Canadians, okay? Mm -hmm. And I think they said they're going to pay their employees at 80 to 85%, something in that range. Well, I think, well, I think what it decision. is is they're temporarily laying them off, but they're going to um, help them with their employment insurance. So they'll, they'll get 80% of their salary. Yeah. So it and and where I'm going with this is you have Florida, which has no state tax. So we're 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 kind of and and that's like when you look deeper into the process, you know, I have a little bit of empathy as much as I've complained about Edmonton's situation and you know this wasn't how I envisioned 2004-05 coming out of the lockout with a CBA and how revenue sharing was supposed to work, and the Oilers have contributed all but one year, but they haven't contributed. Stop with the revenue sharing. Stop that. Like, this has nothing just, just to a do sec, with Elliot. this. What a, it's a bigger issue, and the issue is, are we going to have a whole new economic world coming out of this situation? If, if we're not back up and running for playoffs, which yeah. at this stage I'd say looks unlikely that we'd have playoffs. No, why do you, why do you say that? Okay, well... Shed some light on that. Educate well, me Well, he, here's the thing. Like, like, here's the thing, okay? We don't know, okay? Like, when, when this... So it's, it's two weeks now since the pause came. Yes. And the smartest person I know who has tie-ins to the medical community, he says we're all going to be guessing until the end of May. Sorry, end of April. Okay. End of April. Okay beginning of may so i've always looked at that now look I, i'm following everything i'm i'm reading about the curve in the u.s which doesn't look very very good i don't no, like not. the way both the canadian and the u.s governments have refused to shut down the world um you know like bill gates was on cnn last night and he's the guy who predicted several years ago that something was gonna like this was gonna happen and he thinks in North America we should be shutting down six to ten weeks. And I, I agree with him. I think that, you know, you look at where the curve is going in the United States, I don't like it. But, so I understand that this is a pessimistic time. I think it's a really pessimistic time. And I understand that because, you know, people said this was going to get worse before it got better. And that's where we are. But yep. we really won't know where we are for another month to six weeks. So I think end of April, beginning of May, we're going to finally start to get an idea of where we are. And is it really making a difference? And so that's why I think that 
like I believe they're going to do everything they can to play. I think that goes for the NBA. I think that goes for the NHL. I think it goes for Major League Baseball. I think they're going to do anything they can to play. And my guess, Bob, is is that they're going to aim for July. They'll hope for June, but it's more likely July. And uh, that's why I think that's where we are. I think that's kind of where everybody's sitting and saying, if we want to take care of this, um, if, if we're going to play again, it's going to be when we're not used to seeing hockey. All right. We had Berkey but I do, on yesterday. Now, to answer your second question, yes. Are I we going to have a new that, economic order? Yes. Uh, I believe that. I wrote that this week. I, I think we're going to see... Look, they're going to have to work together on the escrow. They're going to have to work together on the salary cap. They're going to lose, or I shouldn't say lose, but a billion in revenues is at risk. There's, they're all connected. I think one thing that we're going to be curious about, Bob, is players already got one paycheck. There's another one coming March 30th. There's a third one coming on April the 15th. That's a four-day paycheck. April 1, 2, 3, 4, I think it is. And then the yep. regular season was over. I'm curious to see what the players are going to do with that paycheck. Are they going to take it? Are they going to adjust the escrow percentage on it? One, both, neither. We'll see. But I do think that the league and the players are working together. And I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, at some point uh, in the next little while, and I don't know, I don't want to put a timeline on it, you see a new CBA come out of this. Because I think the league and the players recognize that this is not the time to be fighting. This is the time they're going to have to work together. And they're going to need to sell this. The new TV deal in the U.S., Seattle, everything. They're going to need to have a long, stable business. And I think you will eventually see a CBA that reflects that. And, Elliot, the point I was making was... I have I was not going to bring up Boston at all. I was going to bring up Montreal and the empathy I had for the position that the Canadians are in based on the tax uh, implications in that province compared conversely to Florida and how the uniqueness of the, the how the CBA works and how revenue sharing works and wondering whether or not that was going to result in a long-term systemic change. And that's kind of where But I, was I don't but I don't so. think revenue sharing will change. No. Okay. Like there's all there's always going to be revenue sharing in this league. Yeah, well, and and you know what? I'm I'm a little concerned. I mean, Berkey was on yesterday. You know, we've had a lot of Albertans here that have been directly impacted by uh, yes, uh, a willingness by a lack of willingness to push through for the oil industry, uh, oil and natural. You know what? And this team is still called the Oilers. Obviously, we're directly tied to that in our market. I think you know what side Both of the ledger Calgary. I would come. Yeah, it's a big yeah, deal. I, it's a big uh, deal. Bob, I will never a... make fun of that. You know, we, we like right. to poke fun at each other, Bob, in our places where we live in the country. I will sure. never poke fun at that. That's a big deal to Alberta, well, and I understand it. I, I do find it interesting that currently, of the, uh, with the exception of a couple of territories, Elliot, uh, Alberta is testing more per capita than any of the other provinces in Ontario is testing the least. So I found that to be uh, a pretty interesting you know, and which is not to say we're better in any way, shape, or form, but I think we are seeing the countries that test more are, you know, they're maybe maybe they're getting ahead of things a little bit better, and we're far from out of the woods here. The testing uh, is a big issue. Through, 
There's no question. You kind of ran through the NCAA thing last week. Um, we we have no idea. Would Montreal theoretically get another uh, crack at hosting uh, the NHL draft in a couple of years? Because they did a yes, job there I think in that's going to get done. I, they will. Um, you know, I, I know that they talked about Seattle next year to be tied into, you know, the expansion draft too. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe Montreal gets it next year and everything with that. But uh, Montreal will definitely get another draft to make up for this one. No question about it. Yeah. Well, I think at some point, maybe in 2022, 2023, Edmonton might be looking at a draft as well. Of course, Edmonton has the Holinka Gretzky theoretically in the uh, first and second week of August. And mm-hmm. Edmonton also has the World Juniors. That's well, you might that be playing in the playoffs up. in the second week of August. You, you you think this is a legitimate thing, even though Bill Daly has repeatedly mentioned that he does not want it affecting um, the twenty twenty twenty. Well, this is this season. is right what now, I think. This is what I think could happen, Bob. I think you could see the playoffs start when they can start, whether it's July or whatever. We go July, August, maybe September. We take a month wow. off. We start again. No All-Star game next year. Tight, 82 games, but tighter schedule. Like uh, none of those five, that's... none of those five-day breaks. Nothing like that. That's what I think. Well, that's that's one way to get there. Let me ask you this: uh, We've had the the final conversation point. Uh, you talked a bit about the shows and all that kind of stuff you're watching. Have you mm-hmm. hopped on YouTube? Because I've gone through a bunch of the Oilers' old games, and Glenn Anderson's a name out there where we we forget. How, you know, we all know how good Gretzky was and how great yep. Messier became. And but it's interesting when you watch the Oilers of say '81 to '85, '86. How well, even into the 1990s Stanley Cup final. He was Boston, good, man. He was a good. He wasn't yes, as he good was. by the time he went to Toronto and New York late in his career, but he was. <laughs> For about 10 years, he was a spectacular player. Is there anybody that you've sort of, have you caught yourself looking back at old, I don't know if you, you know, I'm assuming you grew up a Maple Leafs fan, uh, but watching, watching, uh, you were a Blackhawks fan, eh? Yeah, when I was, when I was a young guy, about nine or 10, I still, I can't remember the date, but I know what game it was. My dad took me to see the Blackhawks and a bunch of guys stopped and signed autographs for me. So I was a Blackhawks fan, but you know what? You know what? I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, it's a good question. Um, I was watching. You know who was like the '87 Canada Cup? Um, yes. The, and also, like the team that you guys used to torture in the playoffs was in the finals, at least, was Philly. And you forget how good guys like Mark Howe and Doug Crossman were. Well, Mark Howell was good. Hey, Doug yeah, Crossman I, think, I, think, I think people kind of forgot. But, you know, what? they basically were playing 4D. They, they had Howe, they had Crossman, they had uh, uh, Brad McCrimmon, they had Brad Marsh, although I don't think Marsh was there for the second one. Um, but they had, a, they had a lot of D that played a lot of minutes. Those guys were really good players. I've still been mad at Brad Marsh after Dave Brown grabbed Donnie Jackson final five minutes of the game in 85 and speed bagged him and then Jackson got up and then Marsh went at him and worked him over pretty good so uh, two fight rule for me don't fight a guy that's already fought that's not fair 
Hey, great, great stuff. Uh, we'll continue this conversation. What do you got cooking for 31 Thoughts this week coming up? Well, I, you know, I, first of all, I wanted to thank you because you sent me a really good one that I'm going to track down. Um, one of the toughest things about this year is there's a lot of guys who, um, you know, maybe their careers had come to an end, whether they were college players, men and women. Um, there are uh, or junior players, uh, men and women, uh, who basically saw their careers come to an end without a last chance of a playoff. So I'm trying to track down some of these people and I uh, just want to talk to them about it. Um, actually, there was somebody who reached out about a, a female player out east who, because of a certain midget rule, she can't play anymore after this year. So I'm going to track all this down. And uh, and I, I think that, you know, it's like getting cheated out of your senior prom in a way, right, Bob? Um, yes. You, you plan on going and then you can't go or you don't go for whatever reason. And it's, it's a life highlight that you miss. So if I can, you know, celebrate a couple of these players, I'm really happy to do it. All right. Well, have fun with that, Elliot. Thanks, Bob. See you later. All right. Take care, my man. All right. That is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you. It is 1256 in Edmonton. Elliot Friedman's appearances brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. Second hour of winners now comes up. Mark Spector is going to talk about the Oilers' draft history since the 0405 lockout. We'll take a bit of a trip down memory lane as well. Uh, and then we've got the commissioner of the Western Hockey League, Ron Robinson, coming up after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.